tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Desiree Thomas, who is the CEO of Bash in North America. Despite the squeeze that other contemporary brands have been feeling, which is typical in these rough economic times, Bash saw record sales in 2021. I wanted to ask Desiree how the brand has maintained rapid growth, how it plans to sustain that this year, and to what extent she owes its success to Americans' obsession with French girl chic. Welcome, Desiree. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So happy you're here. So French Girl Chic, this is a French brand. For those who don't know it, tell us a little bit about the backstory, who you are. It absolutely is a French brand. Um, Founded in 2003 by two female entrepreneurs, best friends, Barbara and Sharon, thus B-A-S-H. So really pulling the two, um, two of their names together. Um, really founded on joy, um, female femininity and empowerment. Um, and ultimately, they wanted to create a wardrobe that was designed for themselves. Um, so French at its roots, of course. Um, lucky that we are here in North America with all of this very chic French style as well. So um, yeah, super. It's, it's an incredible brand. Right on. Well, I was going to say new to the brand, but gosh, time flies. Not that new. May 2021. Is that correct? That's right. I did. I joined the team in uh, May of 2021. Got it. So you have this amazing background in, in the fashion industry. Uh, Philip Lim, BCBC Max Ria Group, uh, Nicole Miller. What attracted you to Bash? I absolutely love the brand. Um, I would say first and foremost, I think in this industry, you have to really be passionate and love the product. Um, So that was the first win for me. Uh, The first time that I saw and encountered the brand, I was sort of so excited and surprised to have found it. I said, what is this? Um, Two weeks later, I got a call um, with regards to this role. So it was it was sort of in the stars for me. But um, yes, I, I've been in the, the fashion industry leading a lot of different um, brands, particularly in the U.S. and North America. I've launched many brands as well. So it's uh, it's been exciting to uh, to start at this point in the journey where Bash is because it's an incredible history. Obviously, it's very rich in history from you know, leaning back from 2003 in France, but um, we really started to establish ourselves here. So it's incredible to join at this point. Well, tell me about this year that you just wrapped, 2021. Am I correct that it was a record year? What do you owe that to? It was a record year. It was unbelievable, actually. Um, We just closed the books two days ago. Um, I would say, you know, I I think we've seen uh, really since the middle of March last year, this excitement about getting dressed again. Um, I think a lot of women um, were really, um, you know, wanting to take a moment for themselves and really celebrate the joys of life. And so what we saw was explosive growth um, in every single one of our channels, um, we saw retail explode. Um, so in all of our freestanding stores in North America, as well as our digital component. So digital was also on fire. Um, and then we have also been expanding our wholesale network. So as we sort of think about reaching the customer and meeting her where she is, um, you know, I think we were able to do that really successfully last year. Yes, I know you are taking a unique uh, spin on on a wholesale, wholesale um, where it's not like cherry picking, maybe one here, one there. It's kind of a more package deal. Tell me about that approach and why. 
So for wholesale for us, actually, it's exciting. We, um, we're we starting a new journey this year um, with a new partnership um, with 1011, which is um, an iconic showroom in North America. Um, the, the founder, Betsy Eisenberg, launched many successful contemporary brands, Vince, ALC, Equipment, Kern Elliott, you name it, uh, she launched it. Um, and so one of the reasons why we decided that we really wanted to be able to propel wholesale again, you know, I think in North America, it's unique, um, the wholesale relationship with the brand. Um, it is certainly does create brand awareness, I think, in terms of understanding the types of retailers. We want to be able to find our customer wherever she's shopping. So ultimately, if she finds us on the floor at Saks, fantastic. If she finds us on the floor in our freestanding store, even better. If she finds us at a pop-up with Ariel Charnas, fantastic. So for me, it's about selecting the best partners to um, really take Bash to the next level. And so ultimately, we see that wholesale is a big part of that vision. Yeah. So when you say the best partners, what what do you look for in a partner? What makes a great partner, I, I guess? I mean, I think a great partner has, you know, I think first and foremost, we look for similar core values, right? So I think at Bash, we really are collective. We recognize that it is about multiples of us, right? It's not about any one thing. Um, our core values in terms of transparency and sustainability are really important. So working with partners that also share in that sort of um, next step vision of understanding the consumer really cares about where her product is made, how it's made. Um, so I would say ultimately really at its core, um, you know, aligning on values. Yeah. Well, I went to your store opening. What, uh, gosh, is it considered Soho Nolita? Anyway, uh, within the last couple of years, which was so fun and amazing. What has been your approach to opening stores? Has that changed? No, I mean, our retail is really where we started, right? So we have predominantly been um, a direct-to-consumer-led company. So globally, we are 80% direct-to-consumer. So essentially, that is through our retail channel, so our retail network, which is quite robust, and um, as well as digital. So um, from a retail perspective, and we, we really saw, particularly through COVID, and it's interesting, sort of going back to what I was saying before, the customer really wanted to enjoy life again. And I think part of that is the human touch, right? So as she sort of thinks about those moments in life that are important to her, I think connecting with um, her favorite associate, uh, you know, that's sort of styling her um, to make her feel her best. But, you know, we really try to um, enhance the community within our stores by creating sort of this concept where you can come and have a glass of wine with us. You can sit down on the sofa and catch up. Um, and what we saw through retail last year as we were sort of coming out of um, out of COVID were these moments of, you know, I remember we had our one year anniversary in Montreal and I was there and the women who had sort of been away at their other homes or in other parts of the world came back for the first time and it was this huge reunion. Um, and it was a reunion with the staff. It was a reunion with all the customers who had not seen each other and one another. And it was really a magical moment. And I think that's really what Bash is about. It's about how this sort of magical feel um, of this community coming together to really, you know, because in the end, the, the product is amazing. Um, so what we're planning to do with retail is to continue to propel that strategy, right? So to continue to have that human experience, um, to continue to innovate there. So I think um, opening new markets. So we actually are in the process of signing a new lease with Greenwich. Um, okay. So we'll be opening in Greenwich um, over the summer, as well as Aventura this year. 
Um, And then also really looking holistically at sort of the migration patterns of where we know our customers have, have, you know, she's, she's, She's still in our urban cities for sure, um, at least part of the time, but we know we're finding her elsewhere, um, you know, whether she's visiting family or whether she has a home somewhere else. Um, so we're able to really connect with her in, in other places. So in terms of propelling it further for 2022, um, we'll be looking at some concepts in terms of pop-ups. We'll be doing a lot of collabs um, with some influencers. So we'll be thinking holistically about what the customer experience looks like. Yes. I tell you what, you guys did the coolest thing. And I don't know if this is still in effect. Maybe it's on a break. Um, And I think I referenced it in in discussions and in stories about a million times, but it just seemed too good to be true. You were offering up, come on Friday, come come get a drink with us, happy hour, take an outfit, wear it over the weekend, bring it back. No no questions asked, like bada bing, bada bing. I was like, excuse me? So anyway, does it take something like that to bring people into the stores? Are there constant initiatives um, to, yes, get get that customer in? Is that needed these days? I mean, I think in order to be successful in retail, you have to constantly be innovating, right? And you really want to, again, create these spaces where you're able to engage with all walks of life, right? So your current customer, your future customer. Um, and everyone likes to engage differently. And so, yes, the the dream closet that was sort of inspired by our head of marketing, our brilliant head of marketing, I'll add, um, you know, it was a was one of the initiatives that we wanted that sort of came out of COVID where we, we recognized, OK, people want to come into spaces together. Um, they love the concept of our Nolita store because it's this very open sort of lofty, very it feels very much like a Parisian apartment. Come in, sit on the sofa, come and borrow a dress for the weekend, come and, and and spend time in our space for your bridal shower. I mean, I think that you, again, I think you want to connect very authentically with your customer and you want to be there for her, regardless of, of who she is and where she is. So, um, so that's been something we've done. Um, we've also really... Um, you know, sort of taking the the borrow concept further, right? So um, we just launched the borrow feature on our website as well. So I think as we think about, you know, a, a brand that's established in France, it's six years old here in North America, creating and continuing to innovate and create that brand awareness here is incredibly important for us. Um, and so reaching out to new customers and engaging with customers um, again, the ones that we have now and the ones that we want is really important. So having rental features, um, incredibly important in terms of the vision, um, you know, really thinking about that customer service and taking it a step further. We're doing, um, we're doing closet cleanouts by appointments, um, in our Beverly drive store. Um, you know, so again, it's, it's the personal touch that sort of sets us apart, I think from other contemporary brands. Yeah, I haven't heard of a lot of brands taking that rental aspect in-house. That's very, very cool and forward. Tell me, is your customer also craving uh, resale? Is that a space that you're you're looking into as well? For sure. I mean, I think that, you know, resale in general, we're holistically discussing globally what that looks like. Um, we've talked about doing that through a denim initi- initiative this year in terms of um, bringing in your favorite pair of bash jeans and 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 sort of receiving a credit to shop for something new. So we're, you know, sustainability is a big part of our vision and, and a big part of our core values. So as as much as we can really challenge ourselves, I think, to think holistically through that way, um, it's important. Borrow is a big piece of that. 
For sure. Well, gosh, what year was it? Uh, 2015 when you had this amazing, I mean, I would think that it just changed the brand and transformed it and maybe pushed, gave you the gas to to build and and expand. But the the L. Ketterton investment, um, which is L. Ketterton, for those who don't know, is backed by LVMH. I mean, hello, kind of a big deal. Um, Yeah. Tell me how that changed the brand. It definitely changed the trajectory, not only um, with the investment, obviously, of El Catterton, um, it enabled us to open the subsidiaries in both North America and in Asia, right? So as you think about, um, you know, sort of propelling and creating that um, that road to success in terms of um, opening a very vast retail network very quickly, um, being able to, um, you know, really, I think, underscore the importance of the value of the brand from a very early stage. So sort of shouting from the mountaintops who Bash is, um, we were able to do with the support of El Catterton. They've been incredible partners for us. Yes, Amazing. Well, tell me about your North American office. <laughs> What's the staff yeah. there? Is that growing? Is that in New York? Are you at the office? Anyway, walk me through it. So we are a, a very dynamic team in North America. Um, I have an incredible team, honestly, um, incredibly talented. I, I when I joined um, this, you know, this past year, I was really inspired by everyone that um, has been with us for so long. They have such a different story to tell. Um, some of which started the first day that the North American subsidiary. Um, you know, began. So it's it's really an incredible crew. And I'm really um, honored, honestly, to, to be a part of the team. Um, but I am so we're based in New York, um, essentially. And um, because we have very strong roots in France, um, I have part of my team also based in France. Um, I also have part of my team based in California. So um, my head of um, both my heads of retail and digital are in LA as well as my head of retail. Um, so we are a, you know, and I also have my head of uh, retail in, in Canada, you know, living in Toronto. So we are truly international team. Um, and I think, you know, as we think about what what team looks like and, and what work, you know, to for, on a more broad sense looks like today, I think it's important to be flexible, right? So I think we need to be, um, you know, we need to honor our teams for and empower them um, for where they work the best, um, where they're inspired, where they're most productive, where they're the most efficient. Um, and so for us, it, it's it's a unique combination of work from home, um, being in the office together collectively, um, of course, being on Zoom and um, and being international in France with our team. Yes. I mean, I think this the pandemic was jarring for everyone, but the, I never really thought about this being a global brand and, you know, already working digitally and through Zoom. Like, was it, I guess, a smoother, slightly smoother transition that like this was something that was just part of your everyday? Exactly. I mean, I think it's, you know, when you are global and when, you know, of course, our, our product teams, our marketing teams, um, you know, our finance teams, HQ is, is based in France. And so it's up to us to, um, to really work hand in hand with, with all of those teams. Um, so yeah, it was sort of just another day at the office for us. And, um, again, I think I just another, 
you know, page from the modern book of what work looks like. <laughs> For sure. Well, you mentioned Ariel Charnes, um, which we've had her on the podcast. She's so fab. Um, but she I know fab. that <laughs> I know that you did a boot collaboration with her that was sold like hotcakes. And I know you also did um, a a recent collaboration with InStyle. Tell me about your collaboration strategy. Yeah. So collaborations are important. Again, I think as we um, we understand the importance of brand awareness in general for Bash. Um, so our our collaboration with Ariel was was fantastic. So we did an exclusive boot launch with her um, in the fall. It was unbelievable. Um, I think we sold our combat boot in two hours off of her site. Um, so there was, you know, I think what as we understand who our customer is, I think really well in North America, I think the team has done an incredible job of really, you know, looking for those partnerships and those influencers that really feel like they're a part of the community. Um, you know, so Stephanie Trotta, Ariel Charnas, like we have a very tight knit group of influencers that really are part of this sort of, again, it's the human touch, it's bringing their community into the larger community. So we do um, some exclusive, uh, you know, partnerships through product in that way um, with InStyle as well. So as you think about media and the dynamics of media and ultimately what that is going to look like for the future, um, you know, we, we think uh, a lot about that um, in terms of how that's going to continue to evolve. So InStyle was a great partnership. We have another one um, with them coming up for um a uh, a, a Lorient Perrier uh, collaboration with some some beautiful French brands coming together for a, a, a nice gift box where we're uh, designing an exclusive scarf. So um, we have a Veja launch um, for the fall that's happening. So Bash um, X Veja as we um, continue to expand our product categories and really think about differentiation in products. So. Yeah. Mean. How cool. Asia. Um, that'll be great. <laughs> um, Incredibly. Are, yeah. Are influencers um, working to, to acquire customers? Is that what's working now? What else is working? I mean, I would say there's there's a lot working. Um, you know, I, I again, I think it's it's sort of everything we've discussed. I think it's about meeting our customer where she is in whatever channel she is, right? So experiential retail in general is important and is part of the vision, I think, for us. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, bringing in other elements from the outside into a space where our customers are are spending time. So we think about community space. We think about Nolita store that you mentioned at the beginning where, you know, we're hosting her bridal shower, where she's coming and having a glass of wine with us, where she's borrowing your dress for the weekend. You know, those types of initiatives are going to continue. Um, you know, so I think that um, it's really important that we continue to, um, to evolve in this way um, and that, you know, our customer service. So, you know, really elevating the service mechanism, I think, particularly as we're looking at Omicron, as we've looked back at Delta, you know, it's important that we are closer to her now than ever. And, you know, whether that's on WeChat, whether that's on Zoom, whether that's in our stores um, and staying connected with her on our journey is incredibly important to us. So how are we continuing to um, innovate and become even more efficient so she can find us wherever she needs to? So, you know, we escalated ship from store um, through COVID um, over the last two years. It's a it's a very large percentage of what we do now from a digital perspective. Um, it allows us to get the garment to our customer even faster. We do same day delivery um, where we have a freestanding store. We do, you know, again, um, this sort of styling and closet cleanouts. Um, as we think about engaging the customer on a much deeper level, um, 
For us, it's very authentic to who we are because our stylists really love what they do. Um, so it's it's just it's about human connection, and I think that that's really important in today's market. Yes, tell me about these stylists and the the in store experience. I, just in terms of attracting retail talent, um, I know yeah. this this is a challenge for everyone today. What's been working for you? So I I would say that I mean again so impressed with the team um, that was established and you know and sort of when I when I really take a step back and I look at um, at the team and how incredibly passionate they are I mean they're so connected to their communities you know in in our stores and all of our freestanding stores you know we are sort of the local go-to and that's ultimately what the that's the vision right like we want to be the local retailer that she you know wants to come in and say hello to grab her morning coffee with and then find what she needs for the season so our stylists are incredibly um, you know fashion forward. They are great communicators. They love to connect with their with their clients. It's a it's an approachable sort of human, lovable element that we look for. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, the other piece to that, as we talked about sort of escalating the customer experience and really our customer service is is thinking more holistically around how we're really elevating that VIP customer service. So, you know, um, really envisioning more of a VIP program um, as a continuation of the brand ambassador program that we already have um, to continue to um, to really propel that service piece forward. So the team had established um, sort of their their VIP customers um, that have become brand ambassadors for Bash. So again, they 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 start as lovers of the brand and then they sort of branch out and they host events for us. We hosted a, over a hundred events last year oh my um, in people's homes and our stores, um, you know, all over the place. So it's our customers are also part of sort of the team, right? So we think of it as really a community and a tribe. Yes. As you build that community and even you, we talked to influencers, like um, what role do, do Barbara and Sharon have to play an active role? Does the customer want to see the founders? For sure. Of course. I mean, I think everyone's inspired by where the story starts, right? Um, and Barbara and Sharon are incredibly inspiring in that they are not only incredibly fashionable, but they're brilliant. Um, they're approachable and, you know, and, and they're women. So they really, I think our customers appreciate um, the fact that they stop and they listen. Um, they're very open. So if uh, if you know the girls come for one of our store openings and a, a client tells her a personal story about how she you know attended a, a wedding in this dress and everyone stopped her. I mean that is exactly what they love. Um, so being a part of that and being a part of the community and being visible and also part of the family here in North America, absolutely, it's it's important to our client. Right on. Well, I was uh, creeping on your Instagram today. I saw the coolest initiative. Tell me more about. I voted. I I took part. You did. <laughs> I I'm Good. like the cheese stands alone. What I like is not what was winning the votes. But I'm like I'm weird. Um, but tell us about the Bash Creative Lab, a brand yeah. new as of like yesterday and announced, right? Exactly. We announced it yesterday, went live today. Um, so the Creative Lab, again, I think as we think about collaboration and, and Bash really is a collective. So a collective of people coming together to really create beautiful things. Um, you know, we really wanted to, Barbara and Sharon really wanted to in, involve our customer in the design process, 
right? And so what better way to do that than to take some insights and feedback that we've received, not only from our retail teams, but from our customers, and then ultimately design these incredible garments um, for our customers to say, hi, I get to, I'm voting on this. This is my favorite piece and this is the color that I want to see it in. Um, incredibly innovative. Again, I think as we think about engaging our audience, it's important that we're re- including her in the conversation. And as it's the same way we sort of lead and manage our teams. Um, it, everyone's a part of the conversation. Everyone gets to vote. So yeah. It's, it's going to be incredibly exciting. I'm excited to see. I actually had a design meeting early this morning and I said, oh, I voted for my three things that I want to make sure get into the collection. So <laughs> yes, I know. And it said, come back tomorrow for the next step. And I'm like, I bet we're picking colors. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So I will come back. Anyway, um, tell me about, I guess, the challenges. Have Have you had to maybe make changes through to your supply chain in the last couple of months to, I guess, safeguard for the future or just make things more efficient now? Sure, of course. I mean, efficiency is always something that we, um, you know, strive strive to achieve. Um, you know, I think it, it it involves a tremendous amount of planning and communication with all teams, right? So um, making sure we're starting a little bit sooner in the process. So the design process, the concept process, making sure all teams are involved at the same time so that we can speak to pain points um, that may or may not be coming up, or maybe there's not something that anyone would have thought of, but you know, the person who is designing and developing our trim is like, oh, hey, wait a second, let's think about that. Um, so I would say it's been a collective effort of a tremendous amount of um, communication around how we can, you know, streamline our process even better and even more this year to sort of start earlier. So there are a lot of key points that we are um, that we're really driving home, I think, with our, our suppliers, our mills. Um, a lot of our partners have been with us for a long time. So we're really fortunate that we have a very close relationship um, with many of our, our factories and a lot of our suppliers. So, you know, really working collectively with them on the best solutions, um, you know, and, and understanding their pain points as well so we can have the best outcome. But, you know, knock, knock on wood, we've, we've, been, we've been pretty great. Um, you know, again, the team has been very dynamic. So they pivot quickly. Um, if we see that there's a challenge coming down the pike, we're all about problem solving in the moment. Um, and we're able to be nimble and flexible where we need to be. So tell me about further growth moving forward. Is it about category expansion? I know there's been more kind of active athletic styles in the mix. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's a direction, but um, yeah, where do you go from here? I think it's, um, you know, multifaceted. I think from a customer experience perspective, we'll continue to propel um, the digital experience for our customers. So again, I think it's all about innovation, um, inclusion of our customer voice. Um, We'll continue to, you know, develop and really expand our retail network. Um, We will be expanding um, quite a bit, um, our wholesale business as well. So again, really finding the right partners and really meeting the customer where she is. I think from a product perspective, you know, we are ultimately a lifestyle brand. And so as we think about continuing to tell the story of the evolving wardrobe, it's important that we are giving her all of the pieces to the formula, right? So this year, there will be a big focus on um, on footwear expansion. So, you know, we, of course, have footwear um, already in our repertoire, but it's more about evolving and expanding it based on the demand that we're seeing, right? So our customers are coming in, she's she's coming in, she's shopping for, um, you know, something to go back to work or she's shopping for 
um, you know, a ceremony need her best friend is getting married. We want to make sure that we have the right footwear for every type of occasion that she has. So the same way that we have really made the ready to wear component very dynamic, we want to be able to do the same thing for our footwear. So you're going to see some more um, ex expansion within some of our key families. So as we sort of think about um, the success of our combat boot. So again, even thinking about the um, the launch that we did with Ariel, um, the combat boot that sold out in two hours. So really taking that understanding of who that customer is. So she's a little edgier. She's a little downtown. She's a little rock and roll and making sure we're giving her a family, right? So she has friends um, that she's going to recognize and, and, and from a footwear perspective. And then we also have a very sexy customer. So we have a stiletto boot that's been on the collection um, for a long time called the Caitlin boot. And that was also part of Ariel's um, capsule collection. And that customer is, um, is absolutely part of our core as well. So making sure that we're constantly looking at our product from the perspective of who our customer is and evolving it at the right time strategically. Right. So um, same with handbags. So we launched our um, iconic teddy bag just before COVID. Um, and so it really didn't have the, um, opportunity, I think, to, um, you know, to, to get into her wardrobe just yet. So I think the team has been incredibly nimble about, you know, how are we innovating to her needs now? You know, what does a handbag look like for someone who's working from home three days a week? Um, you know, what are what are the components of functionality that really need to be there for her? So, and of course, fashion first and always. So, um, you know, those are two big focuses for us in terms of category expansion. Absolutely. As we continue to sort of tell the story of Bash as more of a lifestyle brand. Yes. Do you have specific, is it like two, I guess, uh, I don't know, up in the air to make specific projections about your growth? Are, are you looking to, do you have specific numbers for 2022? <laughs> It's we have um, a very ambitious growth strategy in place, um, for sure. Um, it is it's going to be double digit growth for sure for this year. Um, we are we're ramped and ready to go. We have a lot of opportunities lined up already for the year, and we're looking forward to also sort of pulling in new opportunities as we see it. So again, flexibility being super key, I think, to the whole strategy. Um, but yeah, we are we're. We're prime for growth, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, you mentioned the um the sexy customer. I was looking at your Ariel Charnas boots, which these aren't like flat Uggs. We're talking exactly. What is happening? Tell me about. And you had this amazing growth, and there's all the there are all these ca cautionary tales or like um, doldrum stories about the contemporary market. Um, I mean, are you pandemic proof? <laughs> are you, is price adjusting or anything required to kind of get in a safer place? I, what's the secret here? It's a big question, but it's just wild. Go ahead. No, I, th I mean, I think it just goes back to flexibility piece. It's, you know, not being um, inflexible to, you know, even though we've done it one way a long time and it's been successful, thinking about doing it differently if it's not working. Um, and that could be in our processes, that could be in our, you know, in, in some of these challenges we've had with our supply chain. 
Um, I, and of course, you know, as the cost of fabrics and materials are increasing, um, as we know that the transit time is going to take longer, I don't want the customer to feel a difference um, when she comes into the store. So it's up to it's up to our teams really to make sure that 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 feels very seamless and, and very streamlined for her. So it's about being nimble. It's a, it's about communicating more. Um, it's about being ahead of the curve in terms of understanding sort of like where we think those trends are coming, listening to the data. The right. So we have a tremendous amount of data at our fingertips. We're really, really fortunate that all of that data is really able to inform very strategic decisions. So it doesn't feel so risky. Um, we're constantly testing and learning as well. So again, you know, doing the um, you know, the creative lab, doing Blazers 2.0, um, you know, having all of these different elements that we're testing and learning from as we continue to grow and expand as a brand is really important, an important part of that journey too. So. I would say it's dynamic, um, but those are some of the key components that we're really focused on. So as you've been forward in some of these these initiatives, you're you're tri- um, doing trial and error, just kind of going there rather than thinking too much. Um, gosh, a- anything in terms of the digital, uh, maybe uh, fitting room, virtual fittings, uh, uh, NFTs, metaverse, like anything ultra forward that you're you're dabbling in right now. I mean, I think we're always testing, Um, you know, again, so we're having, we have a lot of, um, we have a very robust network of support um, where we have a lot of this, you know, it's sort of an innovation group, if you will, where we're constantly brainstorming and strategizing about what is going to be important for us to test next. So sure, metaverse, NFTs, um, you know, thinking about that, um, you know, that generation in general, what's important to her transparency, continuing to propel our sustainability and initiative. Um, these are all things that I think are required of brands today, again, to really understand authentically what's important to our customers um, so that we can meet her where she is. So absolutely, there's a tremendous amount of, um, there's a tremendous amount, a tremendous team and a tremendous amount of work that goes into thinking about what the future of, of, of fashion and retail is going to look like. Right on. Well, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, French Girl Chic. I, was that maybe more, um, did you lean into that messaging maybe early on um, after your launch into the, the U.S. market? That was something that maybe the shopper uh, got the shopper's attention. Is that still, um, I guess, pointing to the French roots? Do, do you do that? Is that necessary? Is, um, does the shopper still want that? How would you describe that? Definitely. I mean, I think with any brand, you know, you really need to be authentic to who you are. And I think that part of what sets Bash apart is exactly that authenticity. So, you know, our customer has continued to vote over and over again um, for this element and love for French fashion, right? So she's cool, she's chic, um, you know, she's very put together, but very effortless. Um, she has a lot of confidence, um, but it's about the joy of dressing. It's about the joy of coming together. And I think that that's really um, sort of what is at the core of the development of the process um, and, and of the product um, and ultimately what um, enables us to to continue to, and to innovate and move forward. Sounds like a good plan. Who does not want to be effortlessly chic? (laughs) Right? Exactly. Ultimate goal always. Oh my gosh. Desiree, thank you so much for being here. It was great. It was a pleasure, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.